And so they're like, oh, how'd you like the milkshake? And he's like, um, honestly, it was sh- Yeah, it kind of sucked. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. Like, I'm perfectly honest. Like, I don't want to, I'm the devil, but I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything. But this was not good. He's like, literally, I'm about to buy this establishment. And I got to tell you, I don't understand why people came here. Yeah, I'm glad I'm bringing a wrecking ball to this thing. Because your milkshakes are trash. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode predictably is, what would you sell your soul to the devil for? And so my thought is, this has to be something that you will never come across in your lifetime, that you will never have in your lifetime unless you do this one thing. You know what I mean? Okay, what's your joke answer, and then what's your real answer? Um, my joke answer is like... Oh, that's a good question. I only thought of a real answer. Mm. I have like 30 joke answers. I have a cold, by the way. I have like 30 joke answers mm-hmm. ready. Yeah. My joke answer, I guess, is like... Like, I'm thinking a pension, you know? Right. You know? I don't know what my joke answer is. Things millennials can't have. All of it ties back to money. Yeah. Okay. So what's your what's your real my answer? My real answer is to never have to worry about money. Ever. So when I made a joke saying financial stability, you I, were serious when you said that's what I chose. I said that's what I picked. Yeah. Like I genuinely and it and to be clear, it's not like, oh, I will have enough money, um, like I'll work enough to have enough money and not have to worry about stuff. No, I'm not working. Yeah. I just have money and I can do whatever I want. Basically it's like unlimited money mm-hmm. is what I want. It's my, and I'm not even gonna be crazy about it. I don't want a mansion. No. You know, I just want to, like, live comfortably and go on vacation when I want to go on vacation. Like, that's all I want. This is truly the saddest thing I've ever heard. I know, but that's it. Because of how unattainable it is for so many people. Mm -hmm. Whenever a millennial buys a house, I'm like, how? Yeah. How did you do that? How did you do that? I'm not really here, but every time I make a wish on, like, an eyelash or a clock, it's for money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mine's always to win the lottery. It's to not have to worry about money. Yeah. They say money can't buy happiness. It can. It can. Yeah. Yeah. It buys me things that bring me happiness. It buys me peace of mind. Yeah, so. And that, you can put a price on. Yeah. Because, like, all my joke answers were like, I don't know, a diamond? A big diamond? My, but I, I would just sell that and then I would have money. Bro, like, my joke answer was financial stability. Because I was like, I'm a millennial. It's funny. My joke answer is to always, like, have a, like, year-long pass or, like, a life pass to Disney World. Mmm. And then also, actually, okay, here's my joke answer slash real answer. Okay. Teleportation powers. No, it's a good one. Because that With also no- ties back to money, though. Why? Well, because then I don't have to pay for plane tickets, I don't have to pay for gas, I don't have to, like, you know, that's also part of it. It also is tied into, like, time, though. And time. Time yeah. is money, Brittany. Time is money. <laughs> money Money is pizza. Pizza is time, mm-hmm. you know? And you wouldn't download a pizza. You wouldn't. I would if I f***ing could. Mm-hmm. Um, and my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. Uh, you can find me on Twitter where I'm attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. Whatever. What I would sell my soul for probably the exact same thing. But in actuality, what I, what, what I would sell my soul for is for universal basic income. Mm-hmm. For everyone. In reality, I don't know if I would sell my soul because I have foresight. Yeah, I wouldn't actually sell my soul, but if I could and I was selling it, I don't want it to be for selfish reasons because as much as I want it to enrich me, enriching me only goes so far. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I want universal basic income worldwide yeah. for everyone so that no one has to live in poverty. Well, also, like, I'm only alive for, like, a hundred years, and then I'm, like, what, rotting away in eternity in pain forever? Like, mm-hmm. uh. Like, what, what, like, this is something my grandpa always says, is you can't take your money with you, mm-hmm. you know? So do good with it while you're here. Yeah. And I, like, really strongly, t- like, take that to heart. So I would absolutely choose for everyone to have money to be comfortable. Because I can believe, I believe that only when we all have enough money to thrive can we actually progress as a society. Today we have words to say about <laughs> episode 603 of Riverdale. Mr. Cypher. Yep. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. So the title, I believe, is a song by Bud Tribe. And it's, it's basically that, like... The lyrics completely make sense with the episode. Is it about the devil? Yes. And, like, the end, you sell your soul at the end of the song, so. So, up front, this is just an episode of Sabrina, right? Yeah. Okay. Just so we're clear. But she's not in it. She's in next episode. But it has the, it has the energy of Sabrina, like. Yeah. In fact, the guy who plays the devil, Mr. Cypher, Mm -hmm. has been on Sabrina and played two different characters that are basically this character, but, like, good, I think. I didn't watch Sabrina, and I don't know that much about, like, these character names, but they were, like, characters that were tied to Jesus or something. Okay. What about the Raphael? I don't know. If that guy was on Sabrina as yeah. well, you want to know? Okay, hold on. Because I just feel like this is Ross's way of wrapping up Sabrina. Mm. And for the record, I'm not upset about it, because parts of this work so- Riverdale works better when you acknowledge a supernatural influence on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Oliver Rice played Mr. Cypher, and on Sabrina, he played Barabbas and Lazarus. Okay. So. Barabbas is, uh, those are both things of Lucifer. Yeah. I am Lazarus, risen from the grave. And then Raphael, it's just taking me to his IMDb, so he probably isn't. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, lots of Christmas movies. But two episodes, Sabrina. Two episodes of The Hundred, one episode of Supergirl, one episode of Supernatural, three episodes of Arrow, one episode of, of Discovery. Well, who was he in Discovery? Well, uh, you will totally be able to recognize him. He actually played Deck Crew number two. Cool, cool, cool. No Sabrina. Okay. For Raphael. So, uh, Tudor Boot, my friend. Um, I'm gonna give it a toot. Yeah. I had a great time watching this episode. We finally both agree. I also yeah. enjoyed it a lot. I Well, I think the writer, it was quite well structured. Mm-hmm. The writer understood the characters to a degree. It felt more like... Riverdale season one in terms of some people's characterizations like Reggie and Alice Mm. but because this is an alternate universe you can kind of buy like the more simplistic view of them Mm -hmm. I just really enjoyed watching it I thought it was fun yeah I agree that's my barometer for Mm -hmm. Riverdale so usually Brittany will take one of the uh storylines but she um I just said go to sleep and then I will wake you up when it's time to record the podcast Mm -hmm. so uh she only saw it the one time that she that she that we watched it last night you know what, though? I did actually really pay attention. Yeah. So a lot of this is very fresh in my mind. I'm just having a hard time talking because it hurts. Yeah. So I'm going to really quickly tell you what happened in the episode. So the Betty storyline was the smallest storyline. Um, Wait, uh, I think you'll find Kevin's is the smallest. I put Kevin's with Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, Betty gets a call from Glenn that says, hey, we have TBK and we're going to take him to Rivervale because you're the only person he'll talk to. And Robin and I were like, huh? Okay, whatever. So he's just like, hi, Betty. And she's like, hey, uh, does evil exist and are you it? And he's like, yep, and so are you. And so she goes home and it's like, I'm uncomfy. So she calls Glenn and she's like, get this guy out of here. And Glenn's just like, that's not the trash bag killer. <laughs> 
And Betty's like, what? So instead of freaking out, she just goes back and is like, hey, I know you're not the trash bag killer. What are you? He says, I'm the devil. She's like, prove it. He's like, your dad's here. She's like, prove it. He's like, I know things. Okay. So burning in hell. Now my dad's here. Okay. So now I know you are the actual devil. And she's like, well, here's the thing. I don't give a crap about my dad and you can't have my soul because just to save my dad, I don't like him. (laughs) And so he's like, well, uh, your sister's here too. And so that really freaks her out. And he's like, I need your allegiance because there's a war that's coming between good and evil and you need to be on my side. And she's like, This is why I said it's an episode of Sabrina. Yeah. So she's like, "Mm, no. So she is so upset about Polly that she goes and like stabs him a bunch of times with scissors. And then when she takes off the mask, it's Glenn because apparently the devil was like, I called up Glenn using your voice. And so Glenn isn't the actual trash bag killer or anything, but you did kill him. You did. And so now she's, she's keeping his body under her like floorboards or in her basement or something. I look forward to this not coming back next episode. Mm -mm. I love how she's like, Oh my God, I killed Glenn. (sighs) I did help kill Archie, but I don't care about that. (laughs) Exactly. That was the funniest. Yeah. So then in the tab of the storyline, it also goes in with Jughead. Basically, Pop is being a nice guy. Uh, Then Pop uh, sees the devil in the window and uh, has a heart attack. So at the hospital, the devil comes in and says, hey, um, Pop gave up his soul for his father because his father gave up his soul for the diner. And so now I'm here to take Pop's soul. And Tabitha's like, I don't like that. And he's like, I will uh, give you back Pop's soul if you will give me Pop's the diner. And Tabitha's like, okay, I guess I will. So she goes home and she's like, Jughead, I met the devil. And Jughead completely takes her word for it. Um, And Jughead is going to call up the devil and say, hey, will you do a tell-all interview? And the devil says, okay. So I truly believe the devil would. So they have the interview and basically Jughead has this ultimatum that we'll talk about later. And Jughead like chooses one side in which like he can publish the interview, but he can't write anymore. So he publishes the interview, um, but literally all he writes is gibberish. And so he like freaks out and he's like, please give me it back. And he's like, I'll give you back your way to write, but you have to sell your soul. So that's what happens with Jughead. Back in the Tabitha thing, she's like, oh man, I have to give the diner up. Pop's like, don't do that. It's the soul of Riverdale. That's why he wants it. And he's, she's like, oh no. So then back in the diner, she meets uh, Raphael who's an angel and he's just like here's a secret weapon for you to um defeat him because Tabitha's the chosen one we're talking about this war between good and evil again and we don't want him to be able to do stuff or have pops for some reason so then later when the devil comes back and he's like hi I'm here to collect the diner then she puts the secret ingredient in the milkshakes and so now he can't touch the diner or the Tate family anymore Mm -hmm. that's what happens in the Tabitha storyline veggie storyline they're opening the... Their unsanctioned casino. Their casino. And Alice hates it. And so Veronica says, Alice, come to the casino and see what's up. So Alice comes to the casino and the devil comes to the casino and he keeps winning. And Veronica's like, I'm pissed about this. Get out. Meanwhile, he's like, hey, Kevin, you should be famous. And Kevin's like, oh, I know. <laughs> and he's like, let me give you a little taste of what you could have with uh, with me. And so Kevin like gets all the fame and the fortune and a new boyfriend, which is like a different type of fangs that I have huge complaints about. I also have huge complaints about that. Yeah. I'm glad like morally, was... I'm that's okay. I'm yeah. Okay. So that. we're on the yeah. same page here. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Kevin's like, oh, my God, I love it. Yes, please. So Kevin signs his way. His soul doesn't even read the fine print like an idiot. So that's what happens with Kevin. Uh, meanwhile, Veronica's like, get out of my casino. And he's like, I'm an investor. And she's like, uh, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah, I'm an investor with Reggie. So she goes and she's like, um, this guy says he's the devil. And Reggie's like, 
He, he is. is. <laughs> um, and he is taking my soul because he gave us money for the thing. And she's like, okay, well, I don't want your soul to be gone, but don't worry, she'll turn her tune back around about that. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want your soul to be gone, so I'm gonna bring in Nick St. Clair. And so Nick comes and he basically like tells her all of the crap that he's done. And she's like, okay, would you sell your soul for me? And he's like, okay. So then, um, uh, Lucifer takes his soul and then he's like, actually, that was a freebie because I was trying to take your soul and not Reggie. So she's like, Reggie, what the heck? And Reggie's like, mm, he didn't yeah, want mine. Yeah, I stole your souls. Yeah, he didn't that. want mine. So I just said that he could have yours. So yikes. And so she's like, okay. So she does a performance that we'll talk about later. And then she basically negotiates with the devil that um, she will instead give him a soul of a bad person every single week for the rest of her life so that she can save her soul. And then um, the first person that she does that to is Reggie. I feel like her deal would be awesome if she started a traveling show of it. Right. Mike Pence first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do the Betty storyline first because it's pretty quick. So Betty gets a call from Glenn saying that they've captured the trash bag killer and they're going to bring him to Riverdale. I'm just saying Riverdale because it's easier to say and it's not. Yeah, Riverdale, it, it doesn't yeah. roll off the tongue. Um, because he says that he'll only talk to her. So she gets this after having taken a jog in her FBI shirt, which I feel is a very big flex. Like she's always wearing this FBI shirt and she's just like, I'm in the FBI. I'm in the FBI. And I'm like, you can buy that at the, um, gift shop actually yeah and you know this is just the devil on the phone as glenn so like we've heard him do like voice stuff all over this episode especially in the betty storyline that's why i don't believe anything he says yeah betty goes to the office and speaks with the trash bag killer she asks him questions about his victims trying to get a confession she asks if true evil walks this earth and he says yes and that he's not the only one that has some because she does too so betty tries to shower the evil off of her later and calls glenn to tell him to get TBK out of here. And Glenn says that he didn't call her and they don't have TBK in custody. <gasps> so I think that the person who's sitting here is is Lachlan um, because he's credited as a guest star and Tierra isn't. So if we were oh. just using... But I feel like in the past we've used his only his voice and he's been credited as a guest star. So maybe it might be because he's like a bigger deal he or something. He probably just I don't has know. a better contract. So yeah, I don't 100% know. But it's also definitely not Glenn's body. <laughs> No. 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 <laughs> he doesn't look like that. So he's like, what do you want? She's like, I don't even need a confession because I know that you did these things. Hey, I have a question. Okay. Why would TBK have the answers to her questions? About why he did it? Does true evil Stop. exist? Oh. I don't know. She's just being metaphorical, I guess. Oh, it's like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Just ask him where the bodies are. Yeah. I noticed there were two different parts of this episode where they use, like, um, God, and I thought that was really interesting. So, so one of them was Glenn on the phone saying, what in God's name are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Right? And that one's like, okay. But the Pretty other cool one that deal. I found out was, yeah. imp- was more important. And so that one's in a different storyline, but I'm really excited to talk to you about that one. Well, thank you for that tease. Yeah. So I think it's funny that the devil was like, I know how to get Betty and it has nothing to do with everyone else. Yeah. Like Betty is completely off on her own on this one. So she goes back the next day to ask him what's up because he is not the trash bag killer. He says that he's the devil and he proves that he has access to hell because Betty hears her father's boy voice screaming in pain. And she says that she doesn't really care about his suffering because he was a bad person anyway. Okay. So how is he talking in that thing? Ventriloquism? Like his mouth doesn't even move. My question is, do you mean in universe or shooting? In universe, because I know he just wasn't talking in on in shooting. I think the mask he just like made it and then he just pulls his neck far back. Yeah. Like, is this terrifying? Yeah. I'm like, in universe, I think that the devil is just making the sounds and no one's mouth is actually moving, but like, should oh, Betty not I like- be- No, I like that but, idea. But like, wouldn't Betty have put that together though? 
Like, been like, hey, I noticed that you're talking, but nothing's happening. I noticed that your mouth isn't moving. You want to talk about that? Mm. So she asks where Hal would take her after her Little League games, and he said Chaz E. Cheddar's on Route 18. Fantastic. And she's like, oh my god, it is my dad, but also Chaz Chaz E. Cheddar's. Chaz E. Cheddar's. That one just really does not roll off the tongue. I loved it. I thought it was extremely funny. She goes back again and hears Polly's voice, which actually rattles her because she doesn't think Polly should be in hell. She gets so upset that she gets some scissors and stabs the guy, killing him. She takes off the mask and it's Glenn? Mr. Cypher shows up behind her and explains that he was using Glenn as a mouthpiece because he cared enough for her to come down to Riverdale. So Glenn isn't the real trash bag killer, to be clear. So I I do have a question for the, okay. you, though. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Polly should be in hell? I tried to make a list of reasons why I thought Polly should be in hell, and the list honestly was kind of small. Like, I don't, I don't think she should either. Yeah, I was like, incest, which she didn't even know about when she did it. Yeah. And then, like, bringing people into the farm. That one I don't was feel a great choice. About. But Drowning like, Alice, joining a cult, that was a but choice. But, like, being a sex worker is not, like, you know? There's, that's not a reason to go to hell. Yeah. So, really, the only thing I could think of was kept keeping bringing people into the farm. And she was, like, pretty up. And, like, trying to trick Betty when Betty was on drugs at the farm, too. Like, pretending to be an old yeah. Betty. Yeah, it was weird. So, I mean, she does have a few reasons, but certainly not the, not the amount of reasons that, like, Hal has, you Okay. Know? Yeah. I was trying to think of the reasons as well, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So Betty's like, oh, do you want something from me? And he's like, yeah, I want your loyalty. I need you for the war between good and evil. So stand with me, and I'll save your dad. And she's like, I don't care about him. <laughs> That's awkward. And he says, basically, that there was a prophecy, which was, I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of blasphemy and that woman was babylon the great mother of all destruction and abomination so i'm like is the scarlet colored beast archie get out of here get out of here with she that sat joke. upon him get out of here with that joke like right though like what else is it he's like that's you i'm like how would you know i think how, maybe how it's a, it might be a metaphor for something yeah. I don't know. So Betty's like, yeah, whatever. Oh, is maybe the Scarlet's blood. But did she, what did she sit upon? I don't know. I don't really get it. Whatever. This does not matter for future episodes, to be honest. Yeah. So she's like, well, what about Polly? And she's like, I'm upset. So she goes, kills him. It's Glenn. Um, and she thinks it's her own face when she does it. She's like, I bet it's my face. Because mm-hmm. when the black hood was like bothering her and everything, she kept it kept being like, look up. <gasps> it's a mirror. <gasps> We're the same. Yeah. So it totally makes sense that she'd be like, and guess what? It's freaking me, isn't it? No, it was super cringe. Yeah. Um, but I kind of liked it because I thought she was kind of like making fun of the her own show. Yeah. You know, like she was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. And it's the same thing that happens every time. Every once in a while, this show is uh, self-aware and mm-hmm. it's funny. I also think it's funny that Betty is stabbing Glenn again, like she did in Pincushion Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, once again, stabbing Glenn, but I really messed it up this time. You know what? These things happen. Mm -hmm. So the devil says that he called Glenn with Betty's voice and he cared so much about her that he came down and that was his, like... I had to make it once. The devil came down to Georgia. Yeah, I had to do it once. Yeah. But, like, Glenn cared enough about her to come down here and that was, like, his fatal flaw. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though apparently he has a wife now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did he have a wife the whole time? I don't think so. Okay. Because that would make me feel weird. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think it's like that, just like how Nick also has a wife now. So Betty gets a call from Glenn's assistant or something saying that they don't know where he is and his family is looking for him. And she's like, oh, no. That's crazy. <laughs> I hope they find him. I hope he's okay. But she's actually hiding him under her floorboard slash like in the basement. So when we were watching it, you said something about the telltale heart. Yes. So first of all, I, th- I think that they're at the Cooper house, I, th- I think. Like it looked like a cabin. But like, it looked like a cabin. Yeah, but that, like, you could see the things that, like, she stabbed Hal with, like, the poker of the fireplace and everything. And oh. So I was like, I think it could just be the Cooper house. Okay. And Okay, so the Telltale Heart is a 
a short story by American writer Edgar Allan Poe, first published in 1843. It is related by an unnamed narrator who endeavors to convince the reader of the narrator's sanity while simultaneously describing a murder the narrator committed. The narrator emphasizes the careful calculation of the murder, attempting the perfect crime, complete with dismembering the body in the bathtub and hiding it under the floorboards. Ultimately, the narrator's action result in hearing a thumping sound, which the narrator interprets as the dead man's beating heart. I remember And so, like, it kind of makes them go crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the main idea of the... Telltale Heart is that when you commit a crime like murder, that you can't escape your guilty conscience no matter what, like, no matter yeah. what your state of mind was at the time. You will still always feel guilty about it, and so it will always follow you. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, that's what came to mind when I, when that happened. I was like, are we gonna have a Telltale Heart thing going on here? I'm like, I hope they actually, like, you know, follow through with this, but yeah. they're not gonna. No, yeah, probably not. They're not gonna Each one pop. is its own little story, yeah. so, yeah. Which is, like, fine. Yeah. Um, and that's the Betty storyline. Yeah, it was a short one. Yeah. Okay, so so now we're going to do the tab of the storyline. So narrator Jughead talks about folklore, or er, folklore. <laughs> the album? What a great album. That album has no skips. Folk tales and the devil at Pops. Pop gives Mr. Hubbard, new character, free food because he's down on his luck. Pop is happy to help people. He sees the devil through the window of the diner and has a heart attack, scaring Tabitha, obviously. The jump scare of the devil wasn't scary. No. I don't know if it I was, was very meant to be disappointed scare, in that. But I didn't think it was scary either, and I'm a little B I T C H. In the tune of the show. Mm-hmm. That's me. So Jughead talks about the folktale The Devil's Holiday, and I googled that. There was a movie from 1930, but it is not the same, um, and all I could- when I searched The Devil's Holiday folktale, all I can find is Krampus. Uh, yeah, I haven't even seen Krampus yet, but yeah, I Yeah, so it's like, I think it was taking Devil Holiday folktale, rather than being like, the folktale is called- the Devil's Holiday. That's fine. So, whatever. I don't... I don't, c- couldn't Google it properly because I'm stupid. So he says, The town that I'm imagining is called Rivervale. So this is definitely Jughead's story. Like, our theory that all of these are just little short stories that Jughead is writing, is, I feel is like... correct. It's yeah, getting no, more and more right. clear. Yeah, we're like. right. And especially based on him writing at the end of the episode, at the end of the storyline, he said... He's, like, typing in Jughead Jones is damned for all eternity, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I think the guy who plays Jim Hubbard is really good. Who... Who was Jim Hubbard? The guy who's asked for food and stuff. Oh, yeah, he is really good. I thought yeah, he was yeah. very good and genuine. Yes. Um, and, okay, here is my other, when they use the word God, okay. and this is the one that I think matters. Mm-hmm. Pop says, here's some food, Jim, you don't have to pay me, and Jim says, and I quote, God bless you. Yep. And that's what matters. And then God did. And then God did. Interesting. Maybe Jim is also, because, like, old mother Hubbard, right? That's why they're using the name Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Lives in a cupboard. Yeah. So... Yeah, 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 of course, of course, naturally. And they're like, oh, Pop, you have the biggest heart, which means that it's more likely it's to go crazy about nuts. to explode. So at the hospital, Tabitha learns that Pop's father sold his soul, and Pop took his place to save his father's soul. Tabitha needs to figure out how to save Pop, because he obviously doesn't deserve to go to hell. Obviously. obviously. So the devil comes in, he introduces himself as Lou Cipher. He, like... It's a little obvious. Half proves he's the devil, and everyone just, like, believes. Which I think is funny. They're all like, oh, man, he really is, huh? I told Robin, that's what I love about, like, this flavor of Riverdale, is everyone just believes that supernatural things are happening, so we don't have to get past the suspension of disbelief. Yeah. So it turns out that Pops was opened under bad circumstances, mm-hmm. which, which is strange. Yeah. But I guess, you know, it kind of feels cursed all the time, so. 
I mean, people have died and gotten shot in there. Yeah. So, um, Mr. Cypher has, like, a list of a bunch of characters, and one of the characters on the list is T. Tate. And at first I was like, oh no, Terrence Tate! And then I realized, oh, it's Tabitha. Tabitha! But it's weird because he gets a couple of the, like, he gets three out of five of the um, names on his list, but he doesn't get the other two. He doesn't get Betty, as far as we know or have seen, and he doesn't get Tabitha, for sure. Oh yeah, so. he really doesn't get Betty, does he? Yeah, he no. Like, he tortures her. Yeah. But, like, I mean, after after she sees that it was Glenn and like who knows what happened in between her killing him and talking to the devil and her putting Glenn under her floorboards. Mm-hmm. So. so she goes home to Jughead and casually tells him that she met the devil and he asks for his number so he can give him a call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's very funny. Can you imagine asking for the devil's phone number? Yeah. Like, I know. It's right. funny because everyone keeps being like, can I call him? What? This show relies far too heavily on phone calls. I just want to say that. Like, it do, happens so much. Do none of y'all friggin' text? Yeah. And Jughead has fixed his typewriter. There's duct tape on it now. I really feel like type- typewriters are very intricate uh, machines. Yeah. And so I don't know if that would help. If maybe that would maybe Jughead really wasn't cursed and he just couldn't write. Yeah. Because his typewriter was broken. Was broken. Yeah. I like that this show has more typewriter continuity than morning Archie continuity. Yeah. <laughs> and so Tabitha literally comes home and she's like, oh, Pop is okay, but I'm unsettled. And he's like, why? Well, I met the devil. Yeah. So. I, yeah. You know what? I'm going to call that a weird unsettling day. And I'm uncomfortable about it. <laughs> I met the devil today. He was kind of handsome. Yeah. <laughs> mm, honestly. That's why I was like, mm, do we ship Veronica and the devil? I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> is that weird? No. Because I kind of do. Yeah. All right. Back at the hospital, she tells Pop that Mr. Cypher has agreed to give up his soul in exchange for the diner, which is Rivervale's soul. Pop is completely against it, of course, but Tabitha, like, has to save Pop, so, like, what else is she gonna do, right? She's literally- that's her only choice. He's like, you can't sell the diner, and it's like, Pop, it's your soul, dude. It's eternity, man. Like- It's- it's literally, like, a building. He's like, it's refuge for the lost. Rivervale would be nothing without it. And it's like, okay, but it's your soul. And it's a building. Yeah. Buildings can be rebuilt. No. Yeah, t- Pop, I'm not with you on this one. Sorry. No. At Jug's interview with the literal devil, Mr. Cypher <laughs> gives him a choice. Either he can publish their interview and get famous but never write again, or he can just know all the things that he says in his little brain and continue on in obscurity but be super creative. And Jughead asks if he can decide after they have the interview. And he's like, that's fine. It's a very clever question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you have chosen? Probably the second option. Jughead no, is- but no one else knows? Yeah. Same. I think that Jughead does get to have his cake and eat it too. It's just that now he doesn't have a soul. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. like, you can have both of these things, but... You know what? Jughead didn't have a soul to begin with yeah. because they all decided to kill Archie. Right. Um, I'm still not over that. Yeah. I miss Archie. I miss Archie, too. I miss him. He's the only one with a moral conscience. None of these people have morals. You know who's the soul of Rivervale? Friggin' Archie Andrews. Archie. Um, uh, my next complaint is, do we need to say creative juices so much? Yeah, I don't want to hear the word juices from his mouth. Thank you. Cole, do me a favor. Don't say that again. Yeah. So Jughead's like... <laughs> I'm not gonna sell my soul, okay? And Mr. Cypher's like, yeah, we'll see, my guy. So we completely skip the interview. Yeah, we don't get to know any of the devil's secrets, I guess because the Riverdale writers didn't want to come up with the mysteries of the universe. Yeah, we just completely skip it. And, but he records the whole thing. So, like, he'll, he knows Release he the has tapes, it all. Yeah. You know, but her emails, but the tape. Right, imagine that. Like, maybe that would be a loophole. It's just uh-huh. releasing the tape instead. Well, literally, we were talking about this, and I was like, none of this plan is gonna work because you can't interview the devil and have people believe you. Yeah. They would literally think that you're actually schizophrenic. Yeah. It's... 
And I, I say that because that's a common thing mm-hmm. that schizophrenics think is that they're talking to God. Yeah. Not, I'm not being ableist. Yeah. This is the thing. My mom's a psychologist. After the interview, Jughead decides that he's going to publish and the devil's like, okay, guy, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, after he writes the thing, he ponders pressing the upload button, but he eventually does decide to do it. I would never do this. Mm-hmm. No one's going to believe you. Yeah. Like, uh, it's what? ridiculous that everyone believes him. I'm like, what? So you got an interview with a guy who plays Lucifer on Lucifer? Yeah. I remember when he was on a little show called Miranda in the on the BBC. I'd be like, both of you guys are are crazy insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you believing that you are the devil and you believing that you're talking to the actual Can you imagine devil. if it was actually just an interview with a guy who, like, seriously LARPs at the, as the devil? Yeah, it's like when people are like, uh, sir, you're a mall Santa, so we have an actual interview with actual Santa. And you're like, what? Chris wow. Kringle himself? Yeah, Krampus. But then it's just Tim Allen. Yeah. Tim Allen's a Republican. Mm, mm. That's too bad. Santa. How do you play Santa and then become a Republican? Yeah. Anyway. That went, that got off course. Anyway, my whole point is Jughead's an idiot. Yeah. So he's like, well, now I have revealed all the mysteries of the universe. And he titles his interview, Interview with the Devil. What do you think the mysteries of the universe were? I don't know. It's a mystery. Hate that. Uh, yeah, I can't believe people take this seriously because not only did he title it Interview with the Devil, but he also has a picture of him just standing there. Like, where did you get that photo? Oh, they had a fun little photo shoot. Cute. I love that. I love that. Devil was like, get my good tie. Jughead's like, "Mm, too bad Tony became La Llorona and she can't take pictures for me. Oh my god, literally. Oh well. You think he would have, you know, tried to help Tony out? Yeah. Well, he can't. She's a ghost now. Betty could have sold herself for that one. True. Once it goes in the paper. Oh yeah, by the way, baby Anthony doesn't matter. Oh yeah, who has baby Anthony? Because Betty isn't taking care of him and we don't see actual Fangs this episode. Unless Finn has become Fang. Like, unless Fangs became Finn. In which case I have more problems. I think that they just didn't want to hire another actor. Yeah. So they were just like, yeah, you can just be him. But like I said, I have some moral issues with that that we'll talk about so later. I. Yeah. So once that goes in the paper, Jughead starts getting calls from a, lots of fancy places and also from Sam, who wants to be his agent again. I would not choose um, that man as my agent. Yeah. So the Associated Press is like, the world needs to read this. Everyone needs to know. I'm like, this is a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. How do you know the devil was even telling the truth? Right. What Are those mm. the mysteries of the universe or was that guy just bored that day? Yeah. Was he just saying stuff? So Jughead narrates this from in the same room as himself, which I absolutely mm-hmm. love. That he comes in and like Jughead himself is sitting at the desk, but also Jughead's coming in from the other room at the exact same time in the same frame. I love it. Cole is eating up this Twilight Zone stuff. You can tell he's it. actually having a good time. It's amazing. It's nice to see Cole enjoy himself on this show because mm-hmm. I feel like it's been years. Yeah. And so Sam is like, what are you writing next? And Jughead's like, oh no. <laughs> Me and Robin were just sitting there like, just get a new hobby, dude. Yeah. You just don't need to write. else. Cross-stitch. Oh, yeah. So back at Pops, Mr. Hubbard comes in again and asks if he can have some soup in exchange for washing some dishes. Which is very sweet. Yeah, and Tabitha says that's not necessary and he can just have the soup. Mm -hmm. So my main thing about this is why are we not just offering Mr. Hubbard a job? Oh my god, duh! He'd be a great dishwasher. Yeah, if Mr. Like, if we, instead of giving Mr. Hubbard free food all the time, which is lovely and very compassionate and kind. Give him free food and a job. Yeah, give him free food and a job and then, you know, you've not only because what you're doing is giving him a fish and what you need to do is teach him to fish yeah well it's also I, if i owned a restaurant i would definitely do this like give out mm-hmm. free food to the unhoused yeah Apparently but i'm like give him a supposed to say homeless anymore the downtrodden yes the down on their the luck. needy yes um another man 
sits at the counter and comments on how kind she is, and he basically introduces himself as an angel and gives her a way to get rid of the devil. Okay, did I not see this coming, though, when we were watching it? Yeah. I was like, that's an angel, that's an angel. Yeah, I was like, his name's gonna be Michael. But his yeah. name wasn't Michael, it was another angel name, but I was like, eh, okay. It should have been Michael. Yeah. So, Raphael, who is the name of the angel, says, even in the face of scary circumstances, you're still, like, showing kindness, and it's really lovely. I'm a huge fan of Pop, and what a great guy he is. I think Pop himself is just an angel, you know? He's famous in heaven. I love that. It's amazing. But of course he is. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about the optics of this. Okay. Because I think it is deeply cool that God themselves and the angels, one, they sent down a black angel to praise a black man for all that he, he has done in that is good in this world, and then gives the gift of defeating the devil to a black woman. I feel like Riverdale is trying. Yeah. And I feel like I really like what this says because you have so many different characters reacting differently to the devil, but I feel like it's just so important that a black woman was able to defeat the devil. I agree. I think I'm glad that they chose, they're like, hmm, who should play the devil? A white man, obviously, right? Obviously. But I really feel like if they had cast another white man as this Raphael character, then it would feel patronizing. 100%. You know, yeah, yeah, would yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, thanks for being our freaking savior. You're yeah. the best. But instead, like, and I think the angel probably chooses his own appearance too. Mm. Yeah, it's just, I really like the message yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And I like that Riverdale is trying like Riverdale gets a lot wrong but it has a more diverse cast than something like Succession yeah am I comparing Riverdale to Succession unfortunately yes Am I right? Unfortunately, yes. All I know about Succession is that Nicholas Braun is in it, and I have loved Nicholas Braun for several years. He has been in many Disney Channel original movies, and so I will support him in anything he does. I don't know anything about Succession. I know Patrick Wilson's wife is in Succession, and she's a MILF. Mm. So, you know, different approaches to the yeah. same show. But I do think that Riverdale is has improved a lot on what it was. Mm-hmm. in terms of representation. I hope that's also the same behind the scenes, especially with the people who do hair, mm. because I know it's a huge problem in the CW. But yeah, I think, you know, I like, I like this. Yeah. So he says that the diner will play an important role in an upcoming battle. Um, I looked up Raphael the Archangel, or the Archangel, depending on how you want to say it. I think it's Archangel. And he, it, he is the patron of the blind, of happy meetings, of nurses, of physicians, and of travelers. So travelers is the one that speaks to me here because because Pops is like a truck stop and it's a diner oh, for I see. like travelers. So that one okay. kind of, I liked that. Jughead gets started writing again back on his busted ass typewriter, which I guess wasn't that busted. Um, but everything he types is literally gibberish. Again, yeah. it's probably just because the typewriter's broken. Yeah, he can't write anything. It's not even just that he can't write anything good. It's that he cannot write anything. Okay, so my question is, can he still text? I don't know. Because like if the devil he was never like, tries. you can't write and he meant it literally. Yeah. I would be like, well, now we got to take yeah, like I know that it's the devil and so he's like super crafty about it and everything but I'd be like that was not clear to me that I can't even like sign like he can sign his name but like what I can't jot something down a a grocery list on a post-it note bud I think that's so funny yeah right the devil's like no yeah I said you couldn't write he's like I want to you to sell me your soul so obviously I want you to have this back like you can't take back what you've now done and you've picked that one so now you gotta do it right I think it's so funny it's smart. 
Sorry. But I also think that um, both things are true, that not only can he not physically write, but he also can't write anything good because what he decides to write is, it was a dark and stormy night, which is real creative. I'm like, oh, okay. So you could, like, even your ideas are sh**. Yeah. Got it. I, like, I mean, I guess this is cooler than being like, hello, my name is Jughead, which is what I would write. You would write that? Yeah, I would write, my name is Jughead. Okay. Yeah. Well, certainly if I was writing on a typewriter, I would write, hello, my name is Jughead, because that's who I'm, uh. Because that's who you are. That's who I assume I would become. All right. When okay. I did that. All right. So Jughead begs to the devil that he made a mistake and to please help him. And the devil says that he will as long as he signs away his soul. And Jughead's like, okay. Easy peasy lemon squeeze. He's like, I take it all back. I want to be able to write. I'm nothing. He says, I'm nothing if I'm not a writer. This is, okay, first of all, your career should not define you. Mm -hmm. I understand, like, this is his passion as well. Yeah. I just wouldn't have chosen this thing in the first place. Yeah. I would never take the chance that I wouldn't be able to write again if I know that my whole life revolves around writing. Yeah. And I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine being like, I want to, like, you're the one who, like, seeked me out. You're the one who called me. Sought. Sought. I was like, it's not, it's not, uh, sook. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, it's not. Yeah. But you're the one who sought me out. You're the one who called me. Yeah. To ask me to come and do this interview. You called you know? me, bitch. Yeah. So Mr. Cypher comes to collect the diner, but they're going to make milkshakes to toast the diner before it gets demolished tomorrow. Tabitha spikes them all with like virgin tears or something, and the devil freaks out and throws up. So now the diner <laughs> and the Tates are protected against him and he can't take the diner. I'm obsessed with this. Yeah. I love this. It's such a power move. I think it's funny that he's just like, oh, hey, why is Pop here? And she's like, uh, well, he. I wanted him to be here because she wants to protect him. She wants him to drink the thing so that they're all protected. And he's like, well, he needs to sign it too. So that's fine. So they, so both Pop and Tapitha sign the contract to give him Pops. Uh, they make three milkshakes. And I, I think in season one, they actually were doing something with milkshake flavors, but I don't think they're doing that anymore. No, I think they give up. <laughs> and so he drinks the milkshake and it's like that straw sound, like the sound where like, like it's, it's like, at the bottom. <laughs> yep. But I'm like, it's full. It's a brand new milkshake. Why are you making that sound? Don't worry about it. You know what? It's that Pops also switched to paper straws and oh, it's already soggy. So true. And so they're like, oh, how'd you like the milkshake? And he's like, um. Honestly, it was shit. Yeah, it kind of sucked. <laughs> I I didn't like it. Like, if I'm perfectly honest, like, I don't want to, I'm the devil, but I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything, but this was not good. He's like, literally, I'm about to buy this establishment, and I gotta tell you, I don't understand why people came here. I'm glad I'm bringing a wrecking ball to this thing, because your milkshakes are trash. (laughs) So she's like, oh, that's probably because I put the tears of Virgin Mary at the crucifixion in there. And I'm like, man, you guys just say stuff. (laughs) You guys just be saying stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. She's like, my guardian angel gave it to me. And Pop kicks him out, literally. Like, he pushes him with his foot down the stairs, which is amazing. It was awesome. And so now Pops is protected from evil. Any evil. And I'm like, okay, so if Hiram comes back, we're fine. What about Hiram? Yeah. Man, where's Hiram Hiram in this universe? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. So Jughead can write again and starts writing the story of getting damned by the devil. So I guess that's that's his shtick now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's funny that he wrote, Jughead Jones is damned for all eternity. And if that is the first sentence of your book, I'm interested. Yeah. That's definitely a clincher. But 
if I was reading it and I had read, like, what is it? Not The Outsiders. The... I don't remember what his real book was called. The... Outcasts. Outcasts. It was The Outcasts. If I had read that and now I'm reading this one, I'd be like, Jughead Jones, what a character name. Yeah. It's weird that he has the same last name as you. Because his author name is Forsyth Pendleton Jones III. So I'd be like, it's weird that he has the same last name as you, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a neato burrito. Yeah. And that's the Jughead and Tabitha storyline. I... I, This was my favorite storyline. I love that. I just... I love Tabitha. You have Tabitha and Veronica on two different poles of wanting to outsmart the devil. Right. And one succeeds and the other succeeds, but in just such different ways. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So before we move on to the last storyline, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Patreon. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the aficionados. Yes. Wow. And we have so many cool perks that are offered on our Patreon. It is a monthly donation. And if you do a dollar or more, that's the lowest one. So if you do a dollar a month or more, you get early access to every single one of our podcasts. Obviously, this one is only a day in advance because it's a weekly podcast, but all of the other ones come out a whole week in advance. At the $2 level, you get access to our Discord server, where we have uh, fun convos over there. The $5 level gets you uh, 10% off at choppylux.com, where Brittany sells some really cool enamel pins and stickers and stuff like that. Um, And you can also get customs of my uh, embroidery work on Choppylux, and you also get 10% off of my Etsy store, which is where all of my existing designs are, including a lot of Riverdale designs. My personal favorite is the $10 level, which is our Patreon-only podcast, which is called Okay Love You Hi, and we talk for about 45 minutes every two weeks about um, whatever we want to talk about or whatever our listeners want to talk about, Um, and if you join one of the tiers, you get all the tiers underneath it. So um, we hope that you join our Patreon. If not, check out choppylux.com and my Etsy. That's another way that you can support us um, and also get something really cool out of it. And if you can't do that, recommend us to a friend. Um, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, it really helps us out. You can tell your friends, hey, if you want to know what happens in Riverdale, but you don't want to watch Riverdale, they can listen to this. Hey, if you only watched until season three of Riverdale, but you still want to know what's going on, check out us. Yeah. Thanks. We really appreciate that. we're cute. That. We are cute. Aw. Okay, so the Veronica and Reggie storyline. Reggie can't sleep because he's nervous about the casino opening. He tells Veronica that he loves her, but he's really losing sleep because he offered her soul to the devil, you see. Mm-hmm, and he knows that time is time is running out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, Reggie? That is so not Raven of you. That is so not Raven. So not Raven. That's kind of all that happens in the scene, you know. For most of this storyline, it's just these two having five second scenes together yeah. where they're either kissing or betraying each other. Right. Like... I definitely think, you know, there's conversation to be had about like, oh, why is he so nervous? You know, and and now we understand having watched it again. But I think another reason why I really liked this episode was because these two, after they say they love each other, um, which do you? Because both of you are selling each other's souls to the devil. I don't think um, they love each other. Mm-hmm. But they kiss in bed and that's it. You know what I think? And then we cut and then we cut away. That's why I really hated episode one. We haven't had it hasn't been that that much since then. Oh, horny, you mean? Yeah, yeah. so much in episode one. Um, God. <laughs> that just says so much about Ross. I know, he's writing the 100th episode of, as well, obviously. And I'm also like, oh God, what am I in for? It, uh, is That's not this next one, this one after that. That's right? right. The thing that I just like was so bummed about is like we got Veggie mm-hmm. and they've done nothing with it. They just took it away. Other than like have them kind of treat each other like crap. And I'm like, no, you were on the right track at the end of season, whatever, this five? Yeah. And then they just... Yeah. 
not good. Disappointing. So Veronica and Reggie watch the news as Alice fully bashes the new casino, which is called Babylonium, which is a dope name. It. But every time I tried to type it, I had a hard time. I think I just, I wrote the casino so many times because I was like, Babylonium is too hard to spell. I love that you were just like, no, I'm not doing this I'm at all. I'm just not doing that. Veronica goes to her... Alice and asks her to come to the soft opening to see that it's not that bad and she says that it's all completely above board but this is totally intercut with Reggie telling their employees that everything is extremely below board. It's extremely funny yeah, actually. Yeah, it's good. Um, I'm wondering what they are doing to in in engender that kind of uh, loyalty from their employees. Yeah, I think that they're probably giving them a pretty significant cut. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I do have to say Alice is like yelling about it on the news without even having like been there or anything, you know? Like it's she allowed to do this on the news doesn't it isn't it supposed to be unbiased i'm well it could be like her like opinion yeah article the worst part is that i don't think alice would do this if, yeah i mean i never think that alice would do the things that they have her do because she needs the idiot ball all the time but my thought was that um how season one alice this was yeah because her issue was actually that they didn't get permits for it yeah so like hello mm-hmm so, what do you think? I think that it's really unclear whether... Because, like, we saw at the end of season five that, like, Reggie and Veronica were like, we'd like to do a casino. And they were like, mm, can you talk to us about it later? Uh, and then they were like, we're going to do it anyway, right? Exactly. But, like... We've expedited so many things in River Vale. Like all of the, you know, all of the couples have been together for longer, all of this, all of that. And so I'm like, explore anything. Well, I'm like, so is the casino like above board? Because clearly everyone knows about it now, right? So it's like, I I just can't tell if that's what she's mad about. I completely agree with you. So that's just unclear to me, I think. But I totally agree that this is season one Alice behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So Reggie basically says that they are like skimming money off the top and they're calling that skim money to pay people to look the other way. Who? Like, he says, like, politicians and, um, like, game control board people and stuff like that. Alright. Yeah. They're, ba- like, bribery, basically. And I think that's what Veronica was kind of doing to Alice, too. But oh, 100%. Go- but instead of going in Alice's pocket, it was going towards the town. Mm-hmm. But who's to say? Because if it's season one Alice, maybe she would just pocket it. I don't know. Yeah. You know? No, I think she would want it to go towards yeah. the town. But I noticed that Veronica says House of the Devil, and that, of course, means a lot to me because episode 208 was called House of the Devil, and that was the episode where, first of all, Veronica and Reggie, sorry, Veronica and Archie went to the House of the Devil mm-hmm. in that episode. But also House of the Devil was the episode where FP and Alice had the leave him at home scene. <gasps> Right. So that's one of my favorite episodes of the whole God, show. that was so iconic, dude. And they also sang Mad World. It was iconic. <laughs> we were literally, like, eating so good. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, that, that episode changed my life. It true. really did. It, it turned really you did. into a I was like, parent shipper. I was like, I get it. So at the opening, lots of people show up, including Alice and also Mr. Cypher, the devil himself. He talks to Kevin about how he wants to help him achieve the fame that he wants. He offers to give him a little taste of what he could have. So Kevin performs a song and everyone loves it. And he also has his new boyfriend slash manager, Finn, who is just fangs, but gayer. And Kevin is super into it and like signs away his soul. No problem. Yeah. Kevin, um, it, I, I honestly buy him being like, yeah, yeah I, I I'm going to sign it. my soul away for fame. I believe it. I don't like it. But I definitely believe it. Yeah. So Mr. Cypher goes up and like is pretending to be a fanboy. And he's like, oh my gosh, are you Kevin? I actually think the guy who plays Mr. Cypher is great. He's a very good actor. I, I think he's great. Yeah, I think I'm he's a, doing a I'm good a job. I'm a huge fan. At first I was like, this is lame. And then as it went by, I was just like, no, he's No, he's, he's, doing, no, he's doing a great job. Yeah. So Kevin sings It's Not Unusual and it's um, it's just okay. It's fine. It was just okay. Yeah. I don't have anything nice to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just not going to say anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the worst number Riverdale's ever done. Correct. But it's not the best one. 
there. Yeah. That, that's all that needs saying. Mm-hmm. So Finn comes in and he says that he's gonna, that Kevin's gonna finish here and then he does six weeks in New York for The Boy from Oz with Hugh Jackman. So The Boy from Oz is a jukebox musical based on the life of singer and songwriter Peter Allen featuring songs written by him. It premiered in Australia in 1998 starring Todd McKenney. The musical opened in a revised version on Broadway in 2003 with Hugh Jackman in the title role. Okay. And I'm like, I think Hugh Jackman is too busy to be doing the thing he was doing in 2003 with you. Mm-hmm. So Don't that's my thought about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so Kevin's like, what are you talking about, Fangs? And he's like, what? Let me give you some exposition, Kevin. I'm Finn, your manager and boyfriend. I'm like, first of all, HR issue. Uh, yeah. Uh, but okay. Well, not well, if you're HR. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that they should have named him Finns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's just another animal no, body part. No, that's funny. I love that. He's like, my name is animal body part, and now my name is another animal body part. I think his name should have been Finn's. <laughs> that's funny. Thanks. Okay, so, morally. Okay. Interesting that Kevin's, like, deepest desire is to just be back with Fangs, but, like, yeah. not Fangs. Like, Fangs if he worked for me. Fangs, fangs if he wasn't a dad. Fangs if he wasn't bi and he was just gay. Literally that. Yeah. Fang, because we've seen Kevin in season one be biphobic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't think that's what they're doing, but, like, that's what's happening. It sucks because, like, he doesn't have to be, like, the stereotypical white gay guy. Yeah. But they keep doing it to him, and yeah. I'm like, please stop. Yeah. He's like, my, all I want is to be famous and to be back in a relationship with Fangs, but, like, Fangs, if he was, like, fundamentally different. And yes. I'm like, well, then maybe you should have cheated on him. Yeah. Kevin is Ross's self-insert. <laughs> Oh well, my god! Ross is like, I don't want to be gay. Fuck. <laughs> god. No, Kevin. Then why Kevin does he is, make him so unlikable? No, Kevin is Ross and he doesn't Finn. realize he's unlikable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, god, that's so tone deaf. Does he not read Twitter? I feel like he does. Yeah, I think that's the funniest part. I don't know. So Kevin doesn't even read the contract. He's just like, yes, yeah, all right. Kevin Keller, done. So the names that he has on his list are Betty Cooper, Reggie Mantle, T. Tate, which we think are is either Terrence or Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Jughead Jones or Jellybean Jones. <gasps> oh. Um, and Kevin I think Keller. we've forgotten about Jellybean. Yeah, I know. So Kevin crossed off. Jughead crossed off. Reggie, by the end of this, crossed off. Tabitha, you messed up. Betty, uh, who knows? Tabitha, you went after the wrong person. Yeah. So Veronica is told by one of her employees that Mr. Cypher has been winning all night, and Veronica just can't have that. So she goes to tell him to leave because he wasn't invited, but he says that he's an investor. He gave Reggie money in exchange for his soul, and he's coming back on Saturday to collect, and then later Reggie confirms this. Reggie straight up, yeah, made the deal with the devil. So here's the thing. V-Lodge is not on his list. List. No. He never wanted Veronica. No. He wanted Reggie. He got Reggie, plus he got a worker out of Veronica. Yeah. He saw an opportunity and he took it. Yeah. It's the devil. Mm-hmm. So she puts together the fact that his name is basically Lucifer, like Lewis Cipher. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you guys hadn't said that beforehand, I wouldn't have gotten it until she said it. Oh. Yeah. You know what? These things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, huh, it's, when, it's interesting that this song is called Mr. Cipher and it's about the exact same thing. Oh my god. Hmm. I love you so much sometimes. Yeah, I just did not put my that god. together. I was like, well, maybe if he was, if it was spelled C-I-F-E-R, like, um, like you how know, the, Lucifer? how the name ends, then I would have put it together. But I was like, it's not Cipher, it's Cipher. You know how what? How am I supposed to know? I love you. Yeah. Everyone's got to have a little clue some moment from time to time. Yeah. It keeps you humble. So that's a big scene. And then we have a scene where Reggie's just like, yeah. I did that. He called me and he offered. So I thought, mm, okay. There's literally no drama because Reggie immediately admits to it. Yeah. It's so funny. They like, they, they killed all the conflict in the scene. It's just that they're like, we are making so much money at Pearls and Posh. It's like, 
I understand why Pops is in trouble because, like, they keep being like, I need money for Pops. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's that been a running thing. But they keep being like, we need money. Now, suddenly, we need money for the casino, even though we have like, so much money. Didn't you, like, Pops? steal all of Hiram's investors? Right. Okay. So, Veronica calls Mr. Cypher and asks him if she can trade Reggie's soul for another soul that's more deserving of hell. And he's like, okay. That's that scene. So, Nick shows up to the casino and it turns out that he's a married senator now, but still an absolute douchebag. So, that's definitely a statement they're making. Yeah. Um, I liked that. Mm-hmm. Veronica privately asks him about all his sins and says that she likes hearing details and he fully falls for it, admits to way too many felonies that I actually totally believe that he did. Oh, 100%. I don't even think that he was like, ooh, if I tell her I'm doing bad things, then she'll be more into it. Like, I think he actually did all those things. No, he did. Uh, Yeah, I totally believe he did those things because he is a rapist. Yes. She asks him to sign his soul away for her and he's so horny that he does it and his soul (laughs) is taken. It's true though. When you're so horny, you sign your own soul away by yeah. accident. I can't remember like where I saw I, me I, watching Marvel. Yeah, I can't remember where I saw this, but like somebody was talking about how like when dudes, <laughs> when dudes like get into the throes of something, it's like there's nothing else. I going know. Where on. do their brains go? I don't know. I don't I, remember where I heard that, but I was like, it's like it, it's like there. It's this thing, and that's it. There's Which is, no other thought. But it's going also on. like really insulting because that's not how it actually is. That's just how you always see it mm-hmm. in media. But I'm sorry, you can never be so horny that you make stupid decisions or assault someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, your dick isn't doing all the thinking for you. To give Nick a point, which I don't want to do. I wish you wouldn't. But to give him a point, he definitely doesn't think she's talking, like, literally, you know? Because everyone else has to sign something and he's like, that's a verbal agreement. Like... You know what? Judge Judy taught me that those are binding. Mm, Well, there you go. But the devil says that that was just a freebie because uh, Reggie actually sold Veronica's soul and not Reggie's soul. Thanks for letting us know, Luke. Which Reggie didn't say when he told Veronica what happened. So we see Nick hitting on a waitress, um, which makes sense for him. And he's like, oh, Veronica, I can't turn down an invitation from you no matter how many times I get screwed over when I show up. I'm like, (laughs) you're weird. Didn't you get the crap beaten out of you? Yeah. like someone like pop your balls? (laughs) she literally like roofied him last time she saw him and didn't like Cheryl and co just beat the absolute crap out of him I mean that wasn't even the last time he showed up oh my god like every time he shows up he gets screwed over I think we know what his kink is yeah yeah true um, so he's married now and a senator, uh, but she's like, what happens here stays here. Also, I'm interested in details. Give me specifics. I literally get hot, hot and bothered every time you tell me uh, a, a crime a crime that you did. And by the way, and I'm not like, wearing okay. a wire. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay. Like, he's fully just like, I completely understand that. She's like, this is a kink that most people don't have, but here's mine. And he's like, I don't know why I've never heard you say that before, but okay. But like, hey, I'm totally into it. So here's all the crimes yeah. I've committed. So he says if that it he, was that easy. He says he doesn't pay taxes. Wait, it is that easy. Yeah. That's how Trump got caught. Mm-hmm. Right. So he doesn't pay taxes. He drinks and drives constantly. And he's had three hit and runs, but they've been covered up. And he has constant NDAs for his staff and interns because he's such a bad person. Cool. Okay. Right. So he is Andrew Cuomo. Got it. He's a really bad guy. And so she's like, what about affairs? And he's like, I'm about to have an affair right now. Ew. He's like, other than the one I'm about to have right now. And I'm like, yeah, I want to know the number actually. I got to tell you, infidelity is not sexy. Yeah. It's not cute. No. As a child of divorce, I do not find infidelity to be a sexy mm-hmm. prospect. So she's like, would you sell your soul for me? And he's like, sure. <laughs> I'm like, depends on who's asking. But I'm now I'm thinking like now and he fully just takes him away. Like it's like his body is gone and everything. I love how he can just like take people. Like he just takes souls, takes Yeah, just rips them everything. right into hell. And Betty was like, um, 
I have a body now. Can you, like, get rid of this? And he was like, no, no. Put it in your basement. I think it's funnier if this haunts you. Yeah. Wait, now I have a question. Who would you be so down bad for that you would sell your soul for them? I don't see myself selling my soul, man. Yeah, yeah but in a world where it's not that serious. I'm... Okay. I think you're... Yeah, because you're living in Rivervale right now. Yeah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... In a world where it goes back after three episodes. Yeah. Mm, if this is your first episode with us, I do have to uh, remind everyone that I am an ace person, so I am. No, struggling. I'm asking as like someone who like you sim you yeah. like mine on us. Mine obviously it's Vera Farmiga. Uh-huh. Sam's obviously is Vera Farmiga. Yeah, but yours I feel like. It's, but what do it's, you get out of it though? Everything. <laughs> Like what I don't understand is like is like to to save that person's soul or is it to like like what do you get when you're signing your soul? Like, would you sign your soul away to be in a relationship with Harry Styles in your ideal oh. relationship with Harry Harry Styles? No, no. Interesting. Um, my main celebrity crush is Joe Jonas, but I st- I also wouldn't sell my soul to be in a relationship with Joe Jonas. Is it because of Sophie? No. Fascinating. I don't know. I guess like I'm like thruple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me, Sam, and Vera. Yeah. I don't know. So you wouldn't do it? I don't think so. Yeah. And obviously by down bad for you, I don't mean in a sexual way yeah. at all. I just mean like, who could be your platonic ideal of a partner? I guess all I can think of is like the way that Marope was able to get with Tom Riddle Sr. How she had to like give him a love potion. Like I'd be like, is this like a... a- no, everyone no. consents to it with no persuasion. I guess I just don't think I'm good enough for any of these people. And so I'm just like... Bro, we gotta work on your self-esteem, bro. No, I... Uh, it's just that, like... I have no self-esteem, and even I think... Also, I, I feel like it. if I was dating Harry Styles, I would get so much hate. Yeah. Sexism's a hell of a thing, huh? Yeah. I think that I would sell my soul to j- just be able to, like, find my soulmate, Wait. I think. Yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Like, I just... I don't think that I can specifically be, like, a, a specific person. person, but, like, the idea of a soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like my thing is, like, if I picked somebody, I, you know, I don't know that whole person. Mm-hmm. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know that person behind closed doors. Fair enough. I know I'm being, like, pedantic, I guess, but No, it's just, like, I like these little details, because now I'm starting sitting here and thinking, well, if I sold my soul because I was so damn bad for Vera Farmiga, but she didn't sell her soul, she doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And I already have my soulmate, so, like, maybe I don't need to do these things. Nice. She's not even listening. No, she's listening. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like what I would want is, like, for it to just be perfect rather than me having to, like, fit somebody else into the perfect thing that I think is perfect. What an absolutely insightful discussion we just had. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. So, back to Nick St. Clair. Well... You know, um, that's what I was doing. I was trying not to talk yeah. about Nick St. Clair. I think my thing is that, uh, like, and I, we all know that I put way m- too much thought into this, but I'm like, what happens what? now? He's an elected official. Like, what happens now? Uh, he, uh, mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, but, like, what about, like, who takes over his job? There's a new yeah, election. An election. An election, because he's just gone. Yeah. I'm like, what happened to his wife? Is she also a bad person, or is she just a victim? No, you know I think what she's I mean? a victim. Yeah, I'm like, but what happens to her? Is she free now? Yeah. Okay. That's she's what gonna I want. she's gonna remarry someone who doesn't cheat on her. Yeah. So Veronica goes to yell at Reggie about giving up her soul, but he says they needed the money, and Reggie's soul wasn't worth anything, which is brutal. Um, and he knew she'd be able to get out of it, and so he leaves, and Mr. Cypher shows up again, and he says that he'll trade Veronica's soul for Alice's soul. Why does he want Alice's soul? Because she tastes better than Nick. Fair enough. Because I feel like he, like, got Nick's soul, and he was like, Bleh. This is sh- It tastes bad. I don't like it. I'll like, take this pretty lady who's morally gray. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you offered up my soul? And Reggie's like, I didn't offer it up. He asked for it. None of this is my decision. None You're of this an was asshole. My, none of this was my idea. He called me and asked me if I wanted to trade a soul. I was over on the bench. Yeah. And so 
not, but, but here's the thing is that he's still deeply in trouble because not only was he just like, um, yeah, that's fine. He actively went and had to get her to sign the contract. Like he actively got her to sign the contract. Yeah. He's a manipulative asshole. Yeah. So he's like, please forgive me. And she's like, what? I'm like, how, how could she possibly forgive you for that? Why? He's like, I just knew you would get out of it. And like, it just totally makes that's sense. Not to a good, that that's mad. not a good reason because then if she didn't get out of it, yeah. problem solved too. So Veronica asks Alice to come over and offers to give her money from the casino regularly to make Riverdale better. Alice is going to sign the contract because she takes Veronica's word for it. Veronica stops her because she doesn't think that Alice deserves to go to hell. I also think that. Yeah. Um, I noticed that Veronica still has that portrait of herself in her office. So Veronica and Reggie are like sharing this office, eh? Because she did not, because she, <laughs> she didn't make him an office. No. So she's like, discreetly, you'll be my person on this. And so she almost signs it and Veronica doesn't let her. Uh, I knew that she wouldn't let her do it. I was like, as soon as she like reached for the pen, I was like, Veronica's not going to let her do it. 100%. Yeah. I think she's it's funny. She's a person. Um, that Alice was like, I knew you weren't all bad, Veronica. And I was like, did you think that she was all bad? Like, exactly. She was literally your daughter's best friend. Or like she was in high school, you know? It's like, huh, interesting. And now Alice is going to be even more mad because Veronica isn't just like, no, <sighs> I'm stopping you from signing away your soul for, to the devil. She's literally like, no, I changed my mind. I don't want to give, I don't want to donate to the town. Goodbye. Yeah. And Alice has, is like, what? Alice is like, okay, I guess don't help yeah. people then, you selfish bitch. Right. <laughs> so Reggie tells Veronica that there are people coming in to collect and she says that's great and to let them in, which Reggie's surprised about. She says that she's going to perform tonight as her like last act on earth, I guess. Sure. So he's like, um, the skim guys are here. Uh, should I just handle it? And she's like, no, bring the skim guys in not just in the back alley, like bring them into the thing um, and thank them for giving me like hope because she's going to use these people as her weekly thing. Like she's going to keep bringing them in so that she can use them for, to give the souls away. Sure. Okay. Here's my question. I wonder if she can give multiples a week, like five in one week and then she doesn't have to do it for five weeks. No, I don't think so. It's like, then she has to like schedule them though. Can you imagine if she did? She's like, yeah, uh, Jeremy, you can come, but um, can you come next week? And actually, can you come two weeks from today? She just like, schedules appointments with all right. of her victims? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's like, the cops are going to figure this out. So she's going to perform, like, the big 11th hour number, is what she calls it. And I'm like, is it the 11th hour because it's happening at 11? Or is it the 11th hour because it happens right before midnight? Uh, both. Because I was like, if it happens at 11pm, that means you are performing for a full hour and I just don't believe you. Well, maybe she, okay, maybe she performed the song that I thought she was going to perform. Maybe. Maybe. So, at this point when we're watching last night live we're just like Britney's like they are going to sing Babylon by Lady Gaga because um it's called Babylonium and, and they so- keep bringing up Babylon so they have to frequently mm-hmm. they said it to Betty they yeah. said Babylon a lot mm-hmm. And so we're like, I was like, no, 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 they're not going to do that because they've already wronged Lady Gaga so many times. She doesn't deserve this. But it is really nice when things come in threes, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe they will do a Lady Gaga song, but I just don't really see them doing that because the other two didn't really go down very well. And I'm like, this show is written by certain people. Mm-hmm. They will do you it. Say yeah. gay people. Mm-hmm. I was going to say hacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But she did not sing Babylon. She instead sang a different Lady Gaga song. She sung one of my favorites off of uh, Born This Way, which was Marry the Night. I did have to say, I think is the best of the three Lady Gaga songs that they did. Yeah, I... Stupid Love should have been way better than it was. And that's why I also thought they would do Babylon because Mm -hmm. it was from Chromatica and so was Stupid Love. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, just do Babylon. I don't know why they didn't choose Babylon. I think that this continues, and this is me fully reading way too far into you it. can. But I think this is us continuing our shipping Veronica and the That devil. was my assumption the yeah. minute she started singing. She was like, I'm going to marry the night. And I'm like, oh, you want to f*** the devil? Got it. 
I'm like, isn't that the entire plot of the show, Lucifer? Yeah. But, okay. Maybe that's me. But anyway, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. You want to marry the knight? And like, when Gaga's singing it, it's about how much she, how free she feels in the dark. Yeah. Which is also like what Dance in the Dark is about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think literally here, Veronica's saying, I'm going to make a deal with the devil. I'm going to sign a yeah. contract with the devil. I and I'm like, that's fine. I want to remind everybody that she sang Shallow with Chad and then later she murdered Chad. That was really hurtful. She killed she Chad and she didn't care. <laughs> so Veronica performs Mary the Night by Lady Gaga because she hasn't been through enough from this show. But I actually think this is the best Lady Gaga song that they've done. It was pretty good. The choreography you really was- hear her. It was mostly yeah. the backing. The choreography was really bad though. Um, yeah. And thanks to the lighting designer for trying to hide it. Hated that costume, by the way. Yeah. Hated that costume. I thought it was way better with the skirt on and then she took off the skirt. It was way better with yeah. the skirt on because I just, she looked uncomfortable the whole yeah. time. But I appreciated the fact that the like actual soundtrack drowned out her singing. That's not shade on Cammy. It's just that whatever they do to these people's voices is awful. Mm-hmm. So she immediately takes off her skirt and just throws it on Kevin. Um, and uh, I also wanted to comment on the devil horns on the dancers. No, little, no. Like, again, a little on the nose, yeah. but what else can you do? And only on the men too. Funny. That's funny. Finn is just 75% more gay than Fangs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. My next note was just, was Kev's problem that he was bi? Because I mean, we've maybe. seen him be biphobic in the past. My thing is, I don't want to read too much into it because I don't think that's what the writers are intending. I don't think like, so Like, God, either. that's how it feels. Yeah. That's what's coming across though. Yeah. If, um, you're, if you're putting deep thought into it like we are Which we, we really shouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely how it feels. I honestly just think that if you really want to go like super deep into it, I think Kevin just wants someone who's going to adore him, worship him. He wants a yes man who he can also sleep with. Yeah. And Fangs adored Kevin, but that was was not Fangs. That's why Fangs and Tony work so much better. Yeah. So uh, later in the last scene, Veronica tells Reggie that she got out of her deal with the devil and he's excited for her. She needs to give him one deserving soul a week for the rest of her life. And the first week is Reggie. So Reggie gets um, taken by the devil. And then Jughead shows up and says, that no, no one's soul is safe in Rivervale. Well, these things happen. Yeah. So she calls him Reggiekins as if she's not about to murder him. I think it's funny. Um, and he's just like sadly sitting there thinking she's dead and that it's his fault. And he's got like a photo in his hands, like a framed photo. And I'm like, oh, I feel bad for him. <laughs> like I his da- I know, but his dad just died. And here's the thing. At least they'll be together because Marty Mantle is definitely in hell. That's true. So she says that she met with him after the performance. And so for the rest of her natural life, she has to do this. And I'm like, oh, so but after you become immortal, then we're good. Because she's mm-hmm. going to marry the devil. And then he's going to be like, your natural life is over. Now we're just married. Yeah, she's Persephone. Yeah. And so she got him to sign like liquor for liquor deliveries with the pen earlier today. I'm just like, Veronica, you don't have any lovers left now. What are you doing? You're going to be lonely now. Now is time for birth. Veronica to rise. Not according to the trailer. <laughs> now it's time for Beryl to rise. I do not think Beryl should ever rise. It's true. They Chetty. are cousins. Chetty. Chetty. Oh, and then she said little bitch again. She sure did. It's camp. It's one of her favorite things to say. It's too far away from the other little bitches that she did though. So I'm like, bring it back. All right, fair enough. Um, And this kind of reminded me of what you were saying uh, about how just everyone's evil. Mm-hmm. This is so evil. Like, she literally was like, this is my actual love interest. I literally told him, we literally said that we loved each other earlier today. And I decided within, like, three days that I will now kill him, send him to hell, and I don't care. Insane. No one, No one has any loyalty to anyone. There's no, no emotional connections. So then Jughead shows up to do, like, the final narration. Mm-hmm. And there's a sign behind Veronica for the Adelphi Theater. And that's a theater in London's West End. Oh! Um, 
And it kind of reminded me, like, I like that because I loved, like, Jug walking around with Veronica in the background because it reminded me of theater. So I like that they also have a theater. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was very theater. Mm-hmm. And so then the new Rivervale sign says, it's a hell of a town. I liked that. Yeah. I thought that was clever. I love the sign thing. We, I, I'm glad that we're continuing on with the sign thing Same. where it changes every episode. I love it. So now it's time for our segments. Uh, my first segment is, which character needs a hug the most? And I'm giving it to Pop. I'm, I like that. Thanks. Yeah. And my segment is which MILF was most badass? I know Tabitha isn't a MILF, Mm. but she was so badass. Yeah. So I kind of want to give it to her. I feel like you almost have to change the name of your segment. Like, which woman was the most badass? Yeah. Because you often want to give it to non-MILFs. Well, you see, when I started this segment, there were more MILFs There were more MILFs. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah, because now Tony's gone, so there's really only one MILF There's no Tony, there's no Hermione, there's no Penelope, there's no uh, Mary. We've lost all our MILFs. We only have Alice, and she doesn't get used properly. Yeah, you're right. Hey, Sam, what are you (laughs) shipping? Sierra? Yeah. Hey, Sam, what are you shipping the most? Um, what did we say earlier? Okay. We said Veronica and Veronica the and the yeah. devil? Veronica and the devil. Like, deadass, though? Kinda. Like, they're the only two that, like, did anything this yeah. episode, and they had, they have chemistry. I don't know if they even wanted us to do this, but we're I already did it. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they said marry the knight. Like, we, you, you, yeah. you. Do that without opening a door. So true. I already did it. Listen. I already did it. Listen. If this was like two seasons ago, I'd be like, you guys, gross. He's very clearly old and she's a teenager. But now she's a consenting adult who's about 25 years old and let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> let's yeah, do it. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Um, my next segment is, is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know if it even matters. I don't think it does. Yeah. That's fine. And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Pop for. Now, why don't you get the hell out of our town? Ha, hell. Thanks, Pop. Ha, hell. Thanks for standing up for the diner. I like ya. He's a good man. Yeah. And mine goes to Veronica and Reggie for... It's completely legitimate. None of what we do here is legit. Nothing's above board. Yeah, I'm actually... I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sam also had a favorite line award. It goes to Veronica for... Alice, welcome to Wonderland. Incredible. Why why did you choose that one? She likes Alice. I love low-hanging fruit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's my baby. It surprises me it took them that long, like this long to say that. Yeah. Like, it's weird that we got to- I just got it. I just got it. I just got it. (laughs) I just got it. Okay. Well, so I'm fully excused from the Lucifer thing that I didn't get. You absolutely are. Put her there. Don't touch me though because I'm sick. But like, put her there virtually. I just, I got completely swerved just now. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just got that. Okay, but to be fair, I'm sick and an idiot. Okay. So really quickly going to go into the trailer thoughts from the trailer. Mm. Um, Sabrina says, are you ready? So Sabrina's here now. Um, Can Sabrina just be here all the time? No. I think it'd be more fun. I, you know what? I'll reserve that opinion for after Yeah, I feel like I only watched season one, but I felt like she was kind of a little too, like, Mary Suey. No one watched Sabrina for Sabrina. Yeah. They watched it for the hot MILFs, and they were right for that. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll decide, because I don't know anything about her character development, to be honest, because I only watched season one. Me either. Um, But she says, are you ready? And then I'm wondering if maybe this episode could be the triptych episode, because Jughead says, three blossom women, one one story that goes throughout time and stuff. So I'm wondering if maybe this could be the the triptych They're episode. They're just doing they the Fear Street do trilogy in one episode. Mm-hmm. Correct. 
the Fear Street trilogy was literally about a pair of queer women who are trying to solve a mystery through time. Mm. And it all goes back to like the love that two women had uh, being condemned by a group of homophobes in the 1600s? 1800s? Uh, yeah, 1600s. The A pair of queer women are accused of being witches by a man who makes a deal with the devil to curse the town because they're gay. I just wish that the episode was called Fear Street then. Yeah. But maybe it was too it on was the too nose. On the like, nose. They didn't want people to but know. But the minute they started doing the time travel thing, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, so this is their version of yeah. Fear Street. And then I was like, well, I mean, at least they kept it queer. Yeah. So I'm going to reserve my opinion until next episode. Yeah. I'd really like to see this as the triptych episode, though, uh, like as three separate pieces rather than... Um, That's how they inter- did it in Fear Street, too. Yeah, they, they, I'd like, like to see that. They did it like Fear Street that here in the 80s or the 90s and then yeah. in the 1800s. So then, uh, yeah, so it's a flashback episode, so this should be fun. Um, we have old-timey Cheryl, really happy to see old-timey Tony. Tony, old-timey Tony, says, I will not let any harm come to you. Um, we see Kevin who, so it seems like we've got like some like really old timey, like little woman, little women type time Mm -hmm. way back, way back. And then we also have a sort of like 1930s mobster type of thing because Kevin's in like this old timey copper uniform and he's just like, sign this confession. I'm fine with this. So it feels like we have like old timey, um, and then like mid timey. hundred years then, ago. And then new timey. Got it. Yeah. Wibbly wobbly. Like normal present day stuff. Timey wimey. So Kevin is a cop just like his dad. Uh, Cheryl says, I'm doing this for us. Who's she saying that to? Who knows? Yeah, we see Betty crying and then also Cheryl and Betty kissing. Even if this is like a flashback old timey, they're still, they'd still be related, right? Not unless no, it's before not, the not. Blossom and Cooper Lines mm-hmm. mix. Next. Yeah, they're not related until, like, Hal's grandparents. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was great-grandpappy Blossom and great-grandpappy Cooper were brothers. What? I don't remember this. And then one of them killed the other because of the, like, twin curse. We're gonna have to, like, go back yeah, over yeah. the lineages. Sorry, mm-hmm. don't mind the dog, dog barking. Well, I, I assume well, someone on Twitter will tell me. Yeah. Ross also forgot, so, like, Yeah, right. Ross doesn't it. even know what year it is. Mm-hmm. No. So then Sabrina says, feels like it's been centuries, doesn't it? And then goes to hug Cheryl. And that's, like, very clearly the present day. Yes stuff because Cheryl is dressed like Cheryl. Yes. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Hey, thanks to Sam for hanging out in the background. Hi, Sam. That's my honey. If you are so inclined, please have... Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm not fixing any of my mistakes. If you're so so inclined, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We like those. Yeah. Yeah. Or wherever. Please help. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show too. We covered seasons four to seven as they came out. Um, and now we're going back to do like the good old days uh, filled with spoilers. So we're starting with season three and going backwards so we can finish with season one. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we, t- we like to talk about that show too. We have all currently aired seasons covered now. Mm-hmm. We're just waiting for the new one. Yeah. And it should be fun. So catch up. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. We are in the back half of season three, and uh, we have guests over there. It's our longest podcast, and it has a spoiler section at the end, so you can watch along with us for the first time if you want, and I would be honored to take you through this incredible journey. You really should. Yeah. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter, and Robin makes gifts from our favorite line awards on Tumblr. Yeah. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is expensive. We would really appreciate that. If you can't do that, check out shoppylux.com. If you can't do that, recommend us to a friend. Uh, Even if that friend is you, if this is the only one that you listen to, check out our other podcast that we just mentioned. Go for it. Mm -hmm. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Um, And you can also follow Sam in the back. Uh, 
uh, at Sam Casey, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-U-I-S. Good job. Our next episode is episode 604. Uh, it's the 99th episode of Riverdale. Ooh. Um, and it's called The Witching Hour, but with an S. The Witching S, Hour is about to begin. But with an S in parentheses at the end. Because they said, well, let's just do some weird-ass punctuation stuff. I hate this show. Yeah. So it's called The Witching Hour. Z. It's annoying. Okay. So in folklore, The Witching Hour, or The Devil's Hour, is a time of night that is associated with supernatural events, whereby witches, demons, and ghosts are thought to appear and be at their most powerful. It's 3 a.m. Definitely vary and include the hour immediately after midnight and the time between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. The witching hours is also, and I don't know if this is what they meant to do, but when I searched the witching hours, this is what I got. The witching hours is an anthology of comics about magical women written, illustrated, and edited by women and non-binary persons. Um, they are exploring the range of what a witch can be as well as celebrate powerful and magical women. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So. Cool. Who knows exactly what they were uh, uh, referencing, but that's what Either I got. way, I learned about a cool new comic today. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.